0: You are listening to Sejura Decoding Law Podcast. I am Genev Dubois, the Chief Marketing and Innovation Officer of Sejura. And I am Phyllis Schuster, the Chief Team Intelligence
1: Officer of Sejura. And And we we are are lawyers.
0: lawyers. Together, we will decode the secrets of legal services so that you, as a business owner, know how to use legal services to your advantage. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Yes, we are lawyers, but we are just like you. We also are clients because we own a business, Jura. So today's topic um, is going to be about why lawyers are so expensive. This is a very popular question that we get all the time. Um, when we were uh, lawyers in a big firm, um, even like corporations, big clients, very high profile, wealthy clients, they ask the same question why lawyers are so expensive. So today, in the next 20 minutes or so, we'll try to explore this together. Um, So again, today is me, uh, Genève DuBois, and my partner here, Phyllis. Hi, Phyllis. Hi, Genève. Today, I think that very important thing to keep in mind that we are not trying to be sitting here justifying why lawyers should be expensive, but really kind of looking at it from both sides. So this week, we'll look at it from the client side. And the next week, we'll look at it from the lawyer side. Because what we found is there is a very big gap between lawyers and clients, and which creates the pain of the legal services. And that's what we're trying to resolve here, Right. So what does it mean when you complain about if something is expensive? Think about it. It's really about the value that you perceive or you actually received and the payment that you pay for what you get is not equivalent, right? So you pay for $100 for something and then you got it. You go, like This is what I get for a hundred bucks. You know, this is not worth it. That's when you say something expensive. I mean, legal service is no different than buying anything else. So what we're tackling here is what's the value you're getting from legal services and how much you're paying for it, right? Those are the two elements that we're trying to look at. So Phyllis, you know, um, you've been talking to clients for so many years and helping clients to get other legal services. Uh, what are the common perceptions of client complaining about legal fees.
1: I think the number one complaint I get is, oh, lawyers just charge for everything. They charge you for picking up the phone, they charge you for reading an email, and they charge you for thinking about their matter. And the clients are unhappy about that.
0: Yep, nobody wanted to pay for somebody to think about something, right? The other thing is like I think complaint that I get is they charge hourly rates. Right, so everything they charge is by hours. When they charge an hourly rate, they're all over the place. Um, the client's like, "How do I know if I should pay three hundred dollars per hour for an attorney versus there's some attorney charge, you know, at twelve hundred dollars or two thousand dollars per hour? How do I know which one I should pay? Is it really higher price is better?" And then the other complaint is um, they just seem to spend so many hours on everything, every little task, right? And a lot of times, clients get a bill telling them how many hours the the attorney spent on analyzing something. They're like, wait a minute, you give me two pages on a a little document, you spend this many hours, you know, why does this spend so many hours on everything? So, those are the really the complaints that we get. Again, value doesn't equal right now to what clients feel like they're being charged. That's the problem.
1: I agree. And when we've been a client, we've had some of those same concerns, whether it's our current business we're in or previously when we've had a a lawyer to handle a matter for us, sometimes those things
0: are the same questions we're asking. Yep. So what is really the problem? Why is there a big gap between Value being perceived as received or actually received, and the charges that the client feel like they're paying, I, I think that is actually a legal industry problem. Um, the legal industry itself it causes this gap over many, many, many years. Um, I think there are two problems that created this gap. One is the perception problem. You know how this um, lawyers being perceived and their services being perceived. And the second one element that I think it creates a problem is that the, the mere fact that legal industry is just inflexible, It being perceived as inflexible and there are a lot of reasons why it's inflexible. Um, so Phil like, do you agree that there is a perception problem?
1: I do agree because I think what we're seeing is what lawyers are doing is really invisible to the client, partly because of communication between the lawyer and the client. So they're not explaining to them what they're doing. And, and because clients don't really understand what the lawyer is actually doing because of that you know, lack of communication between them.
0: And the other thing that I found out, you know, by nature and training, lawyers are not salespeople. For the, for the, I guess, the traits that they're good lawyers, it's also a a I guess, deficiency in the characters that they're not good salespeople. They're not really good at explaining their value. And because they're not being trained, you know, they're not marketers. In law school, they're not being trained to say, this is how you sell the value. Because of something that we do is invisible. And then they're not good at articulating what they do. I think there is a perception problem. The clients just don't know what they do. You think about a lot of things being charged by hours, a lot of times the clients are in presence of those services, right? You get your nails done or you get a massage whatever. You're right there. But when the lawyer said I'm going to, you know, do this for you and then they disappear closed door, you don't have no idea what they do and then they charge you for this how many hours I did this and Clients have no idea if that's right or not, um, and and rightfully, there's a perception problem. Um, The other one is really the inflexible problem. Phyllis, what do you think about the inflexible problem comes in?
1: I think that comes in because uh, so much of the industry and law firm structure is based upon the concept of billable hours. And there are that concept of billable hours and not providing flexibility to another approach other than billable hours, I think, creates just this gap and further gap. And, and the firms, are, of course, want their lawyers to, to bill. I mean, they're in the business of making money. So that, that creates, um, you know, an issue, I think, between the client and the lawyer sometimes. Uh, because the, And the and ethically, the lawyer wants to do a thorough job because ethically we're bound to do a competent job for the client. So sometimes you might go down three different ways on a matter because you want to try to investigate something and only to find out, no, those two other things don't work. I got to stick with this. And that's like invisible totally to the client.
0: And the other um, good point on the ethical part of it is that lawyers should not... Allowed to creatively providing alternative ways to charge clients, not as creative as a lot of business people, because there are ethical rules bound of what lawyers can charge and how they can charge. For example, brokers can charge by percentages of a deal. Lawyers are not allowed to do that. You know, so um, there are um, boundaries what lawyers can functionate under both the, the ethical rules and also their law firm's requirements. So that's what creates an inflexible problem. So that's why I think there's an industry problem with the gap. So Phyllis, maybe take a few minutes just to explain to our listener, what are certain ways that lawyers currently are charging their clients?
1: Sure, Denev. So the most common way I think that most people hear about lawyers charging is, is what we've talked about before is an hourly rate and you charge the client by the number of hours worked against the person who's performing the services, their hourly rate, which gives you a wide range because you have in smaller firms or with younger lawyers in bigger firms, you, you could have a, a $300 an hour rate or partners at any of the firms that we've worked at or we've worked with, uh, can be anywhere from $300 to $1,800 an hour, depending upon the firm, um, the size of the firm, the location of the firm, big city versus small city, regional versus not regional, but the way charged is the same. The way it's charged is by the hour times the rate of the person who's performing the service. So that's an hourly rate charge. The next common method is sometimes what people say is, okay, I understand you're going to charge me an hourly rate, but I want to see if I can put something like a cap on it or what we sometimes call a not to exceed number where they'll, they'll take your hourly rate by the person who's performing the services. And then they'll say, okay, we'll aggregate all that time and all that money, but my, but my total amount will not exceed $5,000 or $10,000. So there's a cap or not to exceed number. The third way, which we hope people will get a little bit more closer towards, is some concept of a project fee or a flat fee for a particular matter. And then try to set the time and amount in in the lawyer's mind, might say, this is going to take me this much amount of time. But instead of billing it by the hour, then we bill by the project or by the flat fee. And one of the advantages that I see on that is many clients have budgets for legal fees. And having the flat fee or the project fee can give certainty to the client by they go in and they know this matter is gonna cost me X in legal fees instead of having some surprise at the end where it's two or three times what their expectation was on on that matter for those fees. You agree, Genev, about having a concept of a project billing?
0: Yeah, we see that a lot, especially in certain industries like real estate. You know, in real estate clients, they have a very tight budget. And the other thing about flat fee and uh, cap fee is there is a market value of certain legal services being performed on certain projects. Um, you, If you look at, in average, different firms are being, you know, charging their clients on a real estate transaction, you kind of get a sense of what that market value is. So flat fee is very popular in terms of certain Especially in real estate transactions.
1: Then the last concept of a fee is a contingency fee, which means that the fee is contingent upon or based upon what the outcome is. So, in most people will see television ads or billboards for uh, "I don't charge you unless I win," or you, you know, we only you don't get charged for anything. And most consumers are seeing those things. So then, when they come to a lawyer for a business matter, they go, "Well, how come I can't get?" a contingent fee that's based upon the result. And the reality is twofold. One is uh, that when people do something like personal injury matter or things like that, they will take on those matters. The lawyers who takes on, take on those matters, take them on with a fair certainty of whether or not they think that matter is going to be successful. And so they'll say, I'm willing to do that matter as a percentage of what the success is on that matter. Now, that concept ethically is not permitted in all areas of the law. Personal injury is one area where um, state by state there's regulation of how much can be charged. But on the other hand, when you have a business matter, there's many more times where there's a lack of certainty that there's going to be a positive result. So the law firm is going to say, I'm not willing to take the risk and put out all this time and work on something that's not much more of a you know, potential for a winner. And so therefore, the contingent fee arrangement, while it sounds great from the client's perspective, I don't have to pay anything unless I'm successful, unless the matter is successful. From the lawyer's perspective, it's not going to work in most business matters. So you do not see many contingency fees in On the business side of the law,
0: so those are a pretty uh, basic and common way how lawyers are structuring currently with their clients. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be exploring different options with your attorneys of that will fit in your business model. This episode is not really trying to get into details of how you should talk to the lawyers, um, how you should manage um, the legal fees, but really give your overview of different types of charges. And that would be a whole different episode that we will dedicate to explore that. So that was a really good summary, Phyllis, on, you know, how currently lawyers are charging clients. And it's important that we also know what are the values of the lawyers, um, the lawyers bring to clients, right? I think that is a big, black hole right now. The clients, all they see is a lawyer's come in, you know, you hire them and they went away and then they come back in. They give you a few pages or something that give you a hundred pages. If and that isn't worse. You have to read it. And you go like, that is what I'm paying for a bunch of papers. And I sign, I don't even know what I'm signing, and then I put indoors. And then lawyers make some statement like You know, hopefully you never have to take it out of your drawers again. Ha ha ha. And that's what I'm paying for, for thousands or, you know, $10,000, $50,000 for. And that is where the value, I think, articulation of the value is missing. Really what the values of a lawyer's brain, we look at it as six layers. If you think about it, the six layers is easier for you to in your mind and go like, what am I paying for? Are they worth it? And what, am, what do I need as a business person, right? So the first most basic la- layers is what everybody thinks lawyers do. It's producing documents, like a secretary. You tell the lawyer, this is what I want to do. And a lawyer just like go in again, type, 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 type. And here's your document signed. Well, that is a very, very basic one out of the six elements that coverage of what lawyers do. So that's the first element, okay? The second element on top of that, education. That is of tremendous value that lawyers bring to you. So if you are in an industry, you're brand new in the industry or you're very young in a new new industry or the industry is evolving very quickly, lawyers have being in that industry probably many, many years, seeing other clients, their success and their failure, what they can provide you is education, you know, like um, observation of what's happening in the industry as well as legal education. This is what you do to minimize the risk. Here's where the pitfall can be. Here's where people always fail. So here's how we can protect you. Those are invaluable because basically you have one person gather all his experiences, his or her observation, and give it to you. And to avoid, you have to go do tons of research and understand how to protect yourself. That's the second layer. The third layer is relevant to what we talk about in episode one, which is one of the purposes, why do you need lawyers? Is like lawyers, a lot of time, they are giants. They can perceive as giants in the industry, especially lawyers from a big firm or they're very well-known. So basically, they can increase your credibility in the market. So if you need a lawyer to increase your credibility, right? That's a credibility they have built based on their time and their years of experiences and their reputation. And you basically just step on their shoulder and you take advantage of that of years and years of hours they have built. And they negotiate for you and get the result for you based on you know the observation they know what protection you need. That's the third layer. That's invaluable. Now, the next layer, which is the fourth layer, we call strategies. So a lot of times, if you listen to our episode one, it's about your actions can cause domino effects of your future of your business. You need to have strategies of how you lay out certain actions and about your business. Lawyers are the one that knows the rules of the game. And again, they have experiences observing the industry. They can help you lay out those strategies and be successful in the future. Again, that's their years and years of experience that they gather to give it to you. That's the fourth layer. The fifth layer is insurance. Well, what does that mean? Well, when a lawyer gives you advice in certain circumstances, in the future, if something went wrong and you went wrong because you rely on that lawyer's advice, you can actually turn around, point fingers at them or tell the government, hey, I hire good lawyers. They told me that this is okay. So it shouldn't be my problem. And they, they are the one at fault. So a lot of people actually can sue their attorneys for more practice. That's called insurance, to provide additional insurance for you. And the last layer, very important, is called branding. Well, this layer called like, think about you can get a bag, you know, carry your purse or carry some items you have when you go from point A to point B. Well, you can carry a grocery bag or you can carry a bag that's $10,000 with big brand name on there. Well, how do you decide when do you carry a grocery bag versus a big brand name? It's no difference than buying legal services. When do you need a law firm brand in front of you attached to your company? Think about that. If you want that branding, and that branding is so important, you gotta pay for that branding. So again, there's a six Layers of values a lawyer can bring you, and how expensive they are, and how much you're willing to pay, is based on what layers, to what extent you need the lawyer services are. So that's kind of explaining, you know, in a in in a short five minutes, I don't know, six minutes about the values of lawyers um, that bring to to the table. I mean, Phyllis, do you do you feel like that is what you observe as well? Yes, I, I,
1: I think it's really important that clients understand, goes back to some of the things we've said before, why they need a lawyer and what's the value that they need to get from their lawyers. And that's really important for, in my opinion, for everything we're saying today.
0: Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. And it's important, it's important because a lot of people see lawyers as a cost for their business. Like, oh my god, that's a legal expense, you know, five thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars that we have to take it out of pocket and just waste it. It's not wasted. If you structure it correctly with your lawyer, it's an investment for your business. We have seen clients, they can make a niche of a business with legal niche because they they overcome certain legal obstacles that the lawyer advised them, that other, their competitors are not able to, they're not willing to spend the money for that investment. That's why they are exceeding and they're successful. And we can give you tons of examples of that. But really think about, you know, when you hire a lawyer, when you need legal service, think about, is that an investment for my business. If I figure this out, or I do this process once, let's do it in a way that I can repeat that process, or I can figure out something intertwined with my business so that it is an investment for my business, a benefit for my business, and not just some papers that put it in the drawer. It's really up to you to really understand it and to work with your attorney and, and to make it part of your investment. I think it's really important
1: for clients to look at Every dollar they spend on legal fees as an investment and not as a cost. So that's a combination of really communicating with their lawyers so they can understand what the item is that they're being charged for, what the value is to them for their business. And then they can then work together with their attorney to see what's being done as an investment towards the future of their business. What we've talked about here is all the different ways people can be charged. And what we want to talk about over the course of our podcast is to explore how clients can manage their legal fees and keep them within a reasonable amount and so that they can be assured that they're getting true value for their investment in these legal fees.
0: And also um, what we wanted to help you know, our listeners and businesses should do is to really look at it as your budget, right? Part of your budget and part of your investment. Um, there are part of your budgets going to be expenses, which means I spend it out and the value may not be something that to grow my business. It's just I spend it out. But your legal budget, part of it, at least 50% of it should be go towards your investment. Your legal process of value should be part of investment. And in our podcast, that's what we wanted to do in a series of uh, podcasts is to really explore with you how to do that. At Sejura, what we do is I, we would sit down with a client and understand their business and look at it, um, what their legal needs are. Um, it's hard for businesses to understand what their legal needs are. And that's where we come in. We're lawyers, we're business people. And what we would do, which you can do as well for yourself, is look at your business. Where am I today? And and really have the legal budget um, as today, how many percentages and what I want to spend on, what's important today, and then what's important tomorrow and increase that budget as you have more money in your business. And And then what we'll look at is once we put those steps together, then we'll help the client to find the right type of lawyers. When we say that, again, back to the value of the six layers, at what point we need what level of coverage and services from lawyers, then we'll talk with the the client about the fees, right? Think about the back analogy. At what point that you need to you know, upgrade yourself from grocery bag to, you know, like a simple, really pretty bag, but is not that expensive. At what point you need a big brand bag that you need to carry with you. Um, so that's kind of what we as Cisurer does. And then we also get to talk to the lawyers and really merge them together, talk about the alternative way of, um, you know, charging the clients and helping the clients to increase that value. Um, so in a in our series of podcasts, we'll share our experiences with you and what we do at Sejora, and then you can do it yourselves, kind of DIY in a way that of legal services for yourself.
1: Next week, we're going to be taking a look at this topic from the lawyer's perspective so that they can understand what values they bring to a client with their services and how they can better help their clients understand the investment versus cost and the value to a client of legal services. See you next time on Sijora Decoding Law.
0: Thank you for listening to Cijora Decoding Law today. Next week, we will be discussing this topic from lawyers perspective. You're welcome to join us even if you're not lawyers. SC Jura, we are reimagining legal services with innovative technology and processes. Visit us at scjuragroup.com. If you know anyone that wants to know how to use legal services to their advantage, please forward our podcast to them. See you next time!